Hey everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Red Card Report podcast. I am here with just Rui Pereira today. What's no going on Joe. guys? No Joe today. So I guess that's either a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. What I don't do you know. Think? We don't have to hear about Juventus today, so we're here in the studio just talking unbiased football, so I'm, I'm pretty excited. I know. I love having Joe around, but... It's kind of nice doing an episode. I know. We like to, uh, like like to over-exaggerate. Uh, it's just me and you today. I don't think we've ever done an episode just me and you, right? No. Nope, no. Nope. Just uh, We did one episode just Joe and me when you were out sick. Yeah. That was and a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yep. a couple of weeks ago. So this is the first one, man, and I think it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, we got a couple of good topics we're going to talk about. We're going to be uh, the Super Cup. The UEFA Super Cup just happened. And uh, FIFA Player of the Year. Yeah, or man. The, what is it? The best? Is that what they call it now? The best player? Yeah, FIFA Best Player. Best, best Player Award, yeah. So those nominees came out, a long list of them. I thought it was just going to be like three that we get to pick from. but No, usually they have like a short list every single year, but then like, you know, the fans get to vote for who they oh, think is, okay. should be the top three. And, and then, then I don't know. If, another round. Yeah, I don't know if it's people that gotcha. um, like ambassadors from every country vote for who they think is mm-hmm. the best, like they do for Ballon d'Or. Mm-hmm. But pretty exciting stuff, man. Football is Almost back. All the leagues started already, except for Serie A, which is, I believe, next week. So a you know, slow there over in Italy. Yeah, they they really like their August vacation month. You know how like all the countries in Europe in August they just like oh. shut down. They go on holidays and all that stuff. The Italians really like to take advantage. So the Portuguese league kicked off. The Dutch league kicked off. Spanish Bundesliga, EPL, French league, all these good leagues. The Argentinian league kicked off. We're waiting for the Italian League. I know. I'm really excited, man. I'm really, really excited about Where this season. Where is Joe, by the way? Joe is... I don't know. Joe's he's not, oh, he's at, a, he's at a bachelor party. Is he really? Yeah. He went away for the weekend. I got to be honest with you. I didn't realize Joe was cool enough to go to a bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually the best man, too. Oh, is he the best man? Yeah, he's the best oh, man all right. at well, wedding, so. Congratulations to... Joe for actually being invited to a bachelor party and be, being the best man, and also yeah. congratulations to whoever's getting married. I don't, I don't yeah, even know. Yeah, I'm actually gonna say I'm sorry for the guy that's getting married. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Get back to get back to football though. This year's Super UEFA Super Cup: Liverpool and Chelsea. Of course, the winner of the Champions League and the winner of the uh, the Europa League. The Europa League. Dude, I always have yeah. to hesitate. Say, is it the Europa League? Is it the UEFA the, Cup? Right, they like change the name. Uh, right. Yeah, I, I still call it the UEFA Cup because <laughs> that's when I grew up watching it. That's what right. it was called. It was only recently that they changed it, correct? Yeah, a few years like maybe back, th- three, four, five years, yeah. something like that. Yeah, Liverpool ends up walking away. They won five four in the penalty shootout, but both teams played one hell of a game. It was one one tie going into extra time. Liverpool, I believe it was Sadio Mane, scored really quickly in extra time in like the 95th minute. And then Chelsea came back. Uh, oh, Jesus, I can't remember who it was. Georgina, the penalty, the questionable the penalty. penalty. Yes, the questionable penalty. I mean, this was the final that the Champions League missed. You know how, like we said before, that this year's Champions League was like literally what Game of Thrones was. The first, what was it, the first seven seasons, like from group stage to... The semifinals of the Champions League last year was like the first seven seasons of Game of Thrones, and then the final was like literally season eight, where it was just complete. It was a complete disappointment, and this was the final that the Champions League missed out on. It was just mm-hmm. such a great battle, both teams, and you know Liverpool playing their normal their normal game. 
they weren't really at their best, but they still played great. And Chelsea, surprisingly, played so well. And I was really impressed. They looked top-notch in this game compared to just what they looked like four or five days before against Manchester United. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, one of the first questions on my list was, how was Chelsea able to to bounce back so quickly? They had a devastating 4 nothing loss to Manchester United to kick off the year, and everyone was down on Chelsea for the last few days, and then they come out in the Super Cup with such a powerful performance, and it looked like one of it. It looked like a, a team that Maurizio Sarri coaches. Yeah, you really should, should. Yeah, no, you. I know exactly what you're trying to get at because. Chelsea uh, switched from a 4-2-3-1 formation against Manchester United to a 4-3-3 formation against Liverpool. And that was the formation that Maurizio Sarri uh, implemented last year. But the only difference is that this game that Chelsea played actually looked like what Maurizio Sarri tried to do. They played so well possessing the ball, uh, creating opportunities, getting crosses inside of the box. Um trying to get Oliver Giroud open on on opportunities. Pulisic was up and down the pitch. It was great. The formation, you can see that they were very comfortable with it. Pulisic ended up starting this game. Uh, N'Golo Kante, who's, you know, that guy just sets the tone. He can play on any single team in the world right now. He wasn't there against Manchester United. So they had that extra... For oh, sure. huge. He sets the tone. Yep. You know, up and down the pitch. That guy just doesn't run out of energy. And... He played that 120 minutes casually, and he gave everything and left everything on the pitch. He contributed so well, intercepting passes in the middle of the field, actually countering Liverpool's press because Liverpool, right off the bat in the first five minutes, they were really pressing Chelsea, and Chelsea really panicked. Mm-hmm. But they, they somehow overcame it, and they just played their game, and they kept going around that press and getting forward and creating chances. And that's something that really, really surprised me. And if they continue to do this, play this kind of football, you know, they might turn heads this year and actually have a good season. Despite going through this whole transfer ban that they had, they weren't able to, to get all the players that they wanted to get. Yeah, not only was Chelsea able to stick to their game plan and hold off Liverpool in the early minutes, Kepa was... I thought he was phenomenal in this game. Yeah, fantastic. He had, he had a number of great saves. And I don't know I don't know if I want to say he necessarily kept Chelsea in it because mm-hmm. it's not like their offense and the rest of their team was just so bad and he was the the sole difference maker on Chelsea, but there were, you know, there were a few times there where made huge know, saves. He, he bailed them out big time, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And Adrian too from Liverpool made some great saves and a couple of opportunities that Chelsea missed. Too, they could have they could have taken a, a a commanding lead in this game, but it was just back and forth. It was a seesaw match, opportunities, defending. It was a great game to watch. I was really happy to see this kind of play, and it's promising. If those for those of you that are Chelsea fans, this is a great response to what was a, a disastrous Sunday, mm-hmm. a disastrous result. So, so really quickly, I, I would just like to say. I thought Pulisic was phenomenal in this game. Mm. He, had, he assisted the first goal, and he just seemed like he was everywhere out there, all over the pitch, up and down, creating chances. Great pass to set up that goal again, and he. I think I think this could be a really good fit for him. I, the system I think could be a really good fit, and I think that's encouraging for U.S. soccer fans, knowing that he's going to be able to grow properly 
yeah. here, you know, over in the EPL. Yeah, his gap, his potential gap is massive. He can be a really, really top, like one of the best players in the world uh, when he's in his prime. It's only a matter of how he's going to utilize his opportunity, take advantage of the position that he's in. He's in a huge club with a massive fan base in the best league in the world, and he has this opportunity to take this team on his shoulders and carry them to a great position this year. And he has the ability to do it. Is he a hazard? Absolutely not. But he can get up into that level. And this year could be a breakout year for him. And if he can continue to play the way that he did this past week in the Super Cup final, this team is going to look great. The attack is going to look great. Yeah, so again, like I was saying before, what what are some of your thoughts on Liverpool's performance? Because we, we've talked quite a bit about Chelsea. and Yeah, I mean, they played well. I feel like the Jurgen press wasn't as effective. I thought Chelsea adapted really well. But overall, Liverpool played great. They defended well. Yeah, they let up a let up two goals in. It was poor defending on the first one. But the second one was a really iffy penalty call. Mm-hmm. So that's what got Chelsea back into the game. But there was also other opportunities for Chelsea to score a few goals that they missed out on. And it, it, Liverpool didn't quite look like their normal selves, especially on the defensive end. But I think it's just the beginning of the season. Maybe it's that Champions League hangover, you know. But I think they'll adapt just fine. You know, they they won the game. That's what big teams do. They mm-hmm. win under all circumstances, whether they're at their absolute best or they're not at their best. They just find some way and grind it and out find and just ways win. to win. Yep, yeah, that's absolutely. It. And that's it just shows experience here. The last two seasons, how they have a great chemistry and European. Uh, European DNA. They went to the last two finals, won the last one, and it, it plays a factor. And that's how they were able to grind it out and win. Was there anything in Liverpool's performance that stood out to you in particular? They're they're about the same. They didn't they yeah. didn't really acquire anyone really. Um, they didn't lose anyone. All those young players. They're on four year, five year deals. It's a young squad. They won the Champions League last year. They were one point away from winning the EPL. Me personally, I think they're only going to get better. They're either going to stay the same or only get better. And the potential gap of some of these players are also very big because there's 21-year-old players, 24-year-old players on the starting squad, and they're full of potential. They can only go up. If they are able to just keep doing what they're doing, not be selfish because that attack – the top three forwards, okay, Mane, Salah, Firmino, they're the most unselfish trio there is because they're they're full of potential. Mm-hmm. And I believe all three of them can score even more goals than what they do now, but they're able to just work together and just put stats aside, even though they're putting up crazy numbers. They're not selfish, and they're able to work together without a problem, without any problem. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Liverpool is able to do this season because they have the Champions League under their belt now. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were struggling to get a trophy for so long and they were able to to snag the Champions League trophy and we all know the drought that they've had in the EPL. They haven't won a league title in X number of years. It seems like it's 30 years. Right. It's been for forever. So I fully expect them to give it their all in the Champions League and try to get back to the final and, and repeat as champions. But I'm very curious to see how they approach the season um, or the the league because I know that they want that Premier League title. You know what I mean? So I'm curious to see if they put a little 
little extra emphasis on the league this year, knowing that they already kind of crossed Champions League off their yeah their bucket list. It's like how much more can they just put? How much more effort and emphasis can they just put into their team this year? Because last year, any other year, they would have won the league. Just Manchester right. City is just so good. This is one of the best teams, one of the best EPL teams in the longest time. Yeah, there was in a way there was almost like nothing more that they could have done. Yeah, so, so I think it just when it comes down to the EPL, it's all going to come down to who's going to make the more mistakes, mm-hmm. the costly mistakes between the. Who's going to end up with? You almost feel like who's going to end up with more draws because yeah. neither one of those teams are going to lose many games right. this season. Liverpool but, only lost one game last year, but right. they drew so many times. Exactly. That's so. why I feel. Yeah, I think that's what it's going to end up coming down to. But we'll uh, again, we'll save that for the predictions episode. Let's uh, let's move on to the FIFA best player. Okay. But run down the list real quick for us, and then um, I've got a couple questions. We'll we'll kind of take it from there. All right. Cool. So there's about what ten of them, right? So the first the first nominee, Cristiano Ronaldo, 28 goals, 10 assists in all competition. He helped his team win the Serie A and also was the top scorer for the club in all competitions. He helped Portugal win the UEFA uh, Nations League. The next nominee, Frankie de Jong, helped carry uh, Ajax to the semifinals. They were just two two or five seconds away or whatever it was from going to the actual final. They won a double with Ajax. He had a great, great season. Virgil van Dijk is the next player. He wasn't dribbled past all season long. He carried Liverpool to the Champions League final. They won, named the defender of the entire Champions League tournament and also in the EPL. He was actually the EPL player of the year. The next one is Lionel Messi. 51 goals and 22 assists all in all competitions. Won La Liga and carried his team to the semifinals of the Champions League. The next nominee is Matthias De Ligt. Has the same achievements as uh, Frankie de Jong. The double, the league, and the Dutch Cup carried the team to the Champions League semifinal. And Netherlands to the UEFA Nations League final. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Sadio Mane, 26 goals and 5 assists. Obviously contributed to Liverpool's Champions League final. Mohamed Salah, his teammate... 27 goals and 13 assists in all competitions. Helped Liverpool win the UEFA Champions League as well. The next player is Harry Kane. 24 goals and 6 assists in all competitions. He helped Tyneham reach the Champions League final. I mean, I that's all. I, I don't know. That one is just really, really iffy for me. Um, he scored 17 Premier League goals and 28 appearances for Tyneham and... Obviously, he helped England reach the UEFA Nations League semifinal. Kylian Mbappe from PSG, 39 goals and 17 assists. He helped PSG win the league and the Trophy de Champions. Uh, he was the club's top scorer, the league's best scorer, uh, scorer. The next player, Eden Hazard from Chelsea, 21 goals, 17 assists in all competitions. Uh, won the UEFA Cup or the Europa League Cup for for Chelsea, and he was the fa- uh, the PFA Fans Player of the Year. So, those players, so, I don't know. What do you think of that that list, Dylan? Okay, so right off the bat, I can. There are three names that stick out to me that I don't believe should be there. One, Harry Kane. Two, Eden Hazard. Three, Kylian Mbappe. 
I don't know how you feel about that, but right off the bat, I can tell you those three names I don't think should be on that list. Really? You don't think yes. uh, Eden Hazard? Mm, no. So, okay, again, Harry Kane, you, we both feel the same yeah. about. Eden Hazard didn't show me enough last year. So he was really just, he won the Europa League and club's top goal scorer. Mm-hmm. Good season. Yeah. Not enough for me to put him in the category with all yep. the rest. Given the accomplishments of some of the other players on the list, yep. those, you know, again, it's it's good accomplishments, Europa League and club's top score. I just feel like a lot of the other guys on the list have done more this season. Yeah. And for Mbappe, overall, in general, I have a really difficult time giving anyone from PSG recognition for FIFA's best overall player for the entire year out of all, you know, yep. clubs and leagues and stuff like that because outside of France, they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything in the Champions League. And the French League is just not an extremely competitive league. It's really just PSG with a couple of stragglers, you know what I mean? Yeah. So his accomplishments are a little watered down for me. Right. So, those yeah, those are the three for me that that stick out. Yeah, um, for me there is I don't know. I'm I think this overall this is a pretty good list. I disagree with you on Kylian Mbappe and um, and Eden Hazard. I think Eden Hazard was just really good this year, and he had to carry Chelsea all the way to third place. Which that alone, in my opinion, with a team that that he had and all the the turmoil between Saudi and some of the players and everything he still gave it his all and in the end he won a European Cup so I mean I, I guess it's a given that given what was going on with Chelsea I think it was a breath of fresh air that they were able to finish in a Champions League spot and and win a cup and a lot had to do with Eden Hazard's performance uh, Kylian Mbappe you know I totally agree with what you're saying. I think it's a little bit water. They're watered down stats because you're playing in a league that's not as competitive as the rest of the top leagues. But 39 goals and 17 assists, like that's that's very very impressive, mm-hmm. regardless of where where you're playing. And also, it's not like as if he's a just this regular poacher striker that's like average but just happened to score so many goals he's just a really talented young player and he's phenomenal Mm -hmm. and some of the goals that he scored and all the the chances that he's created were just top class Mm -hmm. um but harry kane i definitely definitely agree (laughs) i think everyone else that follows football agrees harry kane right off the bat you were injured for half the season yeah, I, I have right, right. I have no idea. Roughly half the season. I have no idea how he's on this. He only played thirteen games in two thousand and nineteen. He missed sixteen games, and he only scored seven goals and assisted once. So that speaks volumes. And, and me personally, he wasn't even the best player on on Tottenham. He wasn't even the reason why Tottenham made it to the final because he didn't play he in the semis. Right. He didn't play in the quarterfinals, and he didn't play in the first leg of the round of sixteen. Me, it was Son all day, mm-hmm. the South Korean warrior who carried this team. When Deli Alley was hurt, when Harry Kane was hurt, he kept them together. He performed. If anyone from Tottenham were to make it on this list, it has to be Son. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that Son should be on the list, 
But if there was to be anyone from Tottenham, it should be him. The next person that I think that should be out is Frankie de Jong. And I don't mean to take anything away from this kid. He was fantastic. He played a huge part uh, in, in Ajax, going, like having their tremendous season. Eredivisie, the Dutch Cup, and the semifinals of the of the UCL. He was great, but I don't know if he, I don't know if he really belongs on this list. And the players that I would potentially replace him and Harry Kane with would be Bernard Silva from Manchester City, Allison from Liverpool, and those are like the two that people are really throwing in as you know, obvious that should have been that that were really left out and they should have been on the list. But there's one player that has been overlooked and played a huge, huge contribution to Ajax going all the way to the Champions League final and winning all the trophies that they did and having all the success that they had this past season. And that's Dusan Tadic. Mm-hmm. 38 goals, 14 assists in all competitions. He contributed to was it 52 goals? Yeah, 52 goals throughout their entire campaign. And he had to adjust from playing second striker to center forward and actual striker, going out wide, coming. He was all over the place this year, and he did fantastic. And me personally, I like obviously, Frankie de Jong, as a player, I think he's going to be far better than Tadic. He's going to be, he's already great. But in this season, a player that is that a player that was most valuable to that Ajax team, I believe, is either Tadic or Delict. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anything, I, overall, I do, I do like this list. I feel like it should have been extended, you know. And Allison should definitely be on here, and so should all the rest of these players, except except Harry Kane. Um, I mean, Allison. When you look at Allison's performance this year. 27 total clean sheets in all competitions and only 34 conceded goals. He won the Champions League, won the Copa America, won most uh won the EPL. I mean um I'm sorry, won the, the Champions League, the Copa America, had the most clean sheets in the EPL, was the best goalkeeper in the Champions League, the best goalkeeper in Copa America, the best goalkeeper in the EPL. These are all awards that he won. And he's not on the shortlist. Like Virgil van Dijk is there for obvious reasons. He's the best center back in the world. Why isn't the best goalkeeper in the world on this, on the best defense that won the Champions League, that won everything that he's won this year? Mm-hmm. It's it's mind-boggling how he's not on there. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Literally couldn't agree more. And Bernard Silva, you know, that guy was everywhere this year. He had to fill in the shoes for Kevin De Bruyne, who went down with an injury. Almost the entire season, he wasn't fit. Even when he was back healthy, he still wasn't 100%. And he played fantastic. And he, he filled in for the shoes of one of the best players in the world. And it seemed like as if he was never gone. Mm-hmm. They had that player just to put in like, hey, you're just... You're, seamless. You're, you are Kevin De Bruyne with a different name. Yeah, seamless transition. It was didn't affect their play whatsoever. He was able to to step up and fill those shoes perfectly. You know, thirteen goals, fourteen assists for a center midfielder. It's really, really good. Young kid too. Yep. Twenty, twenty-four, twenty-five years old. Yep. So for him to for him to step up to the plate and again fill those those shoes of Kevin De Bruyne when he went when he went down, 
I can see. I wouldn't put him on the list, but I can absolutely see your argument to put him in there. It's a strong case yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, he won the league. He won the FA Cup. And outside of, what, Van Dyke, Allison, he was the best player in the EPL last year. Bar none, the best. Pep said it. Pep loves this guy. And for Pep to say in the middle of the season, the way Bernard Silva has been playing, the way he he was able to just just be put into a different position because he was mostly out wide throughout his career. And he says, no, you're going to be playing in the middle. We want everything to go through you and David Silva. And he was just amazed. And when he would talk about him in press conferences, he's like, this guy's the second, maybe, you know, he's the third, maybe the second best player in the EPL. And this is Pep talking. And he's the coach of the most talented and stacked team Arguably in the world, but definitely in the EPL yep. with tons of talent. You have Aguero, you have Silva, you have um, you have David Silva, De Bruyne, so many players. And he won the UEFA Nations League. Yeah. He was a huge part of that, the success of that team. And, and he, of crossed course, up, he crossed up Van Dyke in that final, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Of course, Ronaldo has the biggest impact more than any other player yeah. for that Portugal side. But I think you could make a very strong case that Bernard Silva was probably the second best player on that team. Without a doubt, and in the final, he was the best player. Yeah, um, Ronaldo played fantastic in the semifinal, getting that hat the trick hat in trick, against, yeah. I believe, it was Switzerland. But you saw in the final, yeah, the Netherlands did a great job, kind of muzzling and keeping Ronaldo quiet. But when you saw when you saw Bernard Silva's contribution, the way he played, it's like this team is going to be his after Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. And he played so, so well. He was everywhere. He was the one that was creating everything for that team. So it, it was great. Um, you know, Bernard Silva, three trophies this year. Arguably the best player, the best attacking player in the EPL this past year. I believe he should be on this list. And I believe he should be on the short list for Bolondor as well. I, you know, me personally, if it were to me, I think he, he could be on the top three. I w- actually, I'm... I'm, I'm actually going to be serious. He should be on top three for Ballon d'Or. Well, my last question, because we're running out of time, my last question was going to be, who's your top three, or who, who do you think should be the top three finalists for FIFA Best Player? And then, of course, who do you think the winner should be okay, from, so those, from those top three? So for top three, uh, Virgil van Dijk, Lionel Messi, and... I, I mean, I would say Allison, but he's not on the short list. Um, yeah, I would probably put uh, Mohamed Salah. Yeah. Yeah, for top three, absolutely. And your winner? Virgil van Dijk. Okay. Virgil van Dijk. What separ- for you, what separates him from the other two? When I look at Virgil van Dijk, what he's been able to do the last 18 months... He really elevated Liverpool. And I don't want to discredit Mohamed Salah, but this is why I have Salah in the top three because Liverpool elevated right off the bat with him. And in that first, the first half of the 2017-2018 season, Liverpool was a very, very good team. And a lot had to do with Salah's performance. He really carried and, and really pushed forward that attack. It really elevated the game to another level. But when they got Virgil van Dijk in January, this team was just different. It, it, like They were great in attack, and they had this defensive powerhouse that brought leadership, that brought unity, made all the young players that are in the back, because that, that back four is very, very young. 
he just made them even better. So they went all the way to the final against Real Madrid unexpectedly, but you know just the way they played in that last half, those those last five months of that season, they were by far one of the best in the world. They went from starting the season as not really a favorite. The first half of the season, they were really good. And then the second season, once they got uh, Virgil van Dijk, they were just amazing. And then last season, having the best defense in the world and you know not being dribbled past the entire year played a huge factor in keeping a clean sheet in the Champions League final. A clean sheet against Barcelona when it was needed. You know this guy. This guy performed performed so well, and I don't want to take anything away from even even a potential uh, top three candidate, Sadio Mane, and also um, Mohamed Salah. You know, I, I can totally see where people would choose them, but me personally, what what Virgil Van Dyke was able to do is just majestic and mm-hmm. legendary. Yeah. So for me, my top three is Messi. Van Dyke and Mane. So of those three, Messi's probably the last person that I would give it to. Mm. Reason being, I think he was phenomenal this year. Great season. I definitely, without a doubt, thought he was better than Ronaldo in terms of numbers and stuff like that. But what holds me back, and I, I really wanted to give this award to him, but what holds me back is the fact that he missed out on a number of reachable trophies this season. Mm-hmm. Champions League, um, Copa America. Copa America, yeah. Great point. And there was, again, so there was just a number of trophies that he missed out on this year. That and Copa he del Rey, too. And Copa del Rey that he missed out on that he should have won. You know, a player of that caliber with the talent on those squads that he plays on, inexcusable. You yeah. have to win those. Yeah. You know, and it's been pretty much the story of his career for a while now, especially in international play. Um, but for me, so it ends up coming down for me again to Van Dyke and Mane. And my winner is Sadio Mane. Really? Yes. And I really wanted to give this award to Virgil Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. But what prevents me from picking him is, and I'm nitpicking right now, but it's FIFA's best player award. If this was FIFA's MVP, most valuable player, okay. without a doubt, the only player on this list that deserves the MVP would be Virgil van Dyke Because okay. I think he is more valuable than any other player out there in the world to his team. Yeah, okay. But you look at the, the job that Sadio Mane did this year. He won the Champions League and, and wasn't like a backseat player. No. N- not at, like he not a chance. Fantastic. He's, he's just electrifying to watch. When he's out in the field, he's just so quick, so dynamic. Yep. And it's, it's amazing to watch him play. It's amazing to watch him run out there and the things that he can do with the ball. Guy's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, he sets the tone up top. And just watching, watching Liverpool this season, there was periods where they were like a little bit scrappy towards like the winter time, the winter months, like February, uh, January, February, maybe even early March. They looked a little scrappy a little bit, but they still ground, like they ground... They, they grinded out wins. Mm-hmm. And I thought, like, during that period, Mohamed Salah kind of dipped a little bit in form. Like, he was playing okay, but he wasn't really finding the back of the net. He wasn't getting involved as he usually did, but there was one player that really stood out, and that was Sadio Mane. Yeah. The winner of this award should come from someone on Liverpool because that team just, they played phenomenal all yeah. year. They came up short in the league table, but yeah. overall, 
I think Liverpool was by far the best team in the world last season. Sure. So yeah. the best player, the the winner for this award should come out of Liverpool. Whether it's Mane, Van Dijk, or Mohamed Salah, it should be one one of those three. All right. Well, I think that's it, buddy. I don't know, man. We've uh, we've reached our. I want to say we've reached our time limit, but we've reached the end. That's it. Uh, Joe, Joe wouldn't uh, have liked this this episode. Yeah, because we didn't talk about Serie A for more than, like, what, two minutes? Not yeah. even a minute? He's going to be like, oh, Van Dyke shouldn't have won this thing. Oh, bro. Oh, gets upset. Uh, he probably would have picked Ronaldo just because he's the only Juve player on the list. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah that's it. And, what? you know, Ronaldo being on there is because he was great with Portugal, not Juventus. Yeah. No, that's. <laughs> I think that's a, pretty much exactly why. <laughs> Anyway, that's pretty much about all I've got for today. Any final words from you? No, man. I'm. That's it. All right. I'm looking forward to doing the uh, predictions episode next. Because yeah. I'd like to. I'd like to go through all the leagues and kind of and make predictions to who the winner's going to be, who's going to end up in Champions League contention, and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to doing that episode, and hopefully we'll have Joe back on board, and he's not too hungover or whatever it is from his from his bachelor party yeah i'm super super stoked for this coming season a lot of teams that i'm really looking forward to you know chelsea is one of them want to see how they're going to adapt atletico madrid with joan felix and that whole transformation i want i want to look up uh i want to see how dortmund's going to do this year they don't have pulisic but they still have all those young players they lost one of their prominent uh, center backs diallo so i want to see how this this plays out yeah, for so, sure. Exciting stuff this it. year. Exciting. Yeah. And City A, it's going to be whoever's going to finish third and fourth. It's, it's just going to be a battle between five teams. So it's going to be great. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next episode.